emotional intelligence. So I want you guys to think about it. Emotional intelligence is a buzzword. However, it's a buzzword for a reason because it matters. Emotional intelligence, not just about how intelligent you are when it comes down to your uh, how aware you are, but how aware are you with other individuals and who they are, okay? So I want you to think about that in the process of emotional intelligence. And so we're getting ready to start here in a few. Let's go. Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's another episode of The Lion's Den. And this week, we're going to be talking about emotional intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. How you feel about that? So we got my man's Herm and we got Larry, but welcome to The Lion's Den. We have, ladies and gentlemen, we have the infamous... Brian Clueball. How you feeling, man? Very good. Huh? Very good. You feeling good? I'm really, really happy to be here. Thank yep. you. That's good. That's good. So we talk a lot. We talk a lot about emotional intelligence and what that means, okay? But what we don't do is talk about not just work, but at home. Can you expound yeah, a little bit on that? Absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I'm happy that you brought that up because a lot of times when I teach, um, and, and it's the habit of newer instructors, when they get in and they start talking, they always want to bring it back to work, bring it back to work, because that's mm-hmm. what everybody's there for, you know, the, the challenges and the, the conflict, right, and some of those issues that pop up at work. Um, but I will tell you, my wife actually came to one of my classes a couple months back, and it was, it was awesome because it generates a whole different level of conversations when we're at home now, especially when uh, conflict with our daughter, conflict between us, conflict with her at work, and, and, and how we can talk about those things. And one of it is, you know, when you talk about EQ, it's self-awareness, it's self-management, social awareness, and then relationship management. And that self-awareness piece is so, so important because a lot of times we don't take, we don't take the time to actually figure out how we feel when we feel it. That's right. uh, we just jump straight into making decisions, and, and we're really, really good at rationalizing our decisions uh, and, and the why behind we do the things that we do. Uh, but we don't necessarily understand it. Most of the time, it's an emotion that's behind that. So, yeah, yeah. So if you could explain what emotional intelligence is... What would you say it is? And just you know, just plain English. The, what the, would you say it is? The down and dirty is it's it's your ability to recognize your emotions as they occur, uh, control the reactions, and uh, and with others also uh, to better better react uh, and to better interact with people. That's Got it. it. Yeah, that's simple. It sounds simple. It is. Right. It sounds simple, but what I believe, and you guys can chime in, mm-hmm. is that. It's easy to say, but it's so hard to do because there's a level of vulnerability that you have to be able to expose yourself to. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Now, what have you dealt with when it came down to that? Um, ego. Ego is yeah. a big. Ego is a big one. Ego is right. ego is rough because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of folks they they don't they don't know the the extent of their own egos, right? And one of the great things about when we teach is you know we'll play videos that kind of you know show the concepts that we're talking about, but it's the self-reflection piece and the exercises that's so important. And it, it, it forces you to get past the ego a little bit and just kind of spend some time with yourself for a few minutes thinking about, okay, how do I really feel? Let me think back to a time when maybe I felt some type of way. Mm -hmm. 
but I didn't realize that I felt some type of way. And I told myself, you know, I, I did these things uh, or I reacted this way. Um, a good example of that is uh, anytime, you know, sometimes we get asked questions by the boss, right? Right. And we don't know the answers to those questions. Mm-hmm. That triggers an emotion. Yes. You know, it's, it's usually not a positive emotion at that point. And what happens is sometimes people will go back and they will just react, right? And, then they, and they will go overreact and, and I need this now or, or become very agitated with other people around them. And what you really want to hone in on is, okay, how do I feel? What's going on with me? And then when we talk self-management, now let me, let me think that through and let me really figure out what's going to be the best way to do this because I want to get to positive. I don't want to get to negative. Mm-hmm. Um, at home, you know, we're talking about both sides of the equation. Uh, you didn't do the dishes, right? You didn't do the dishes. There's a reason you didn't do the dishes, but you didn't do the dishes. And now your wife feels some type of way at you, right? And then that makes you want to feel some type of way back. And then it starts that vicious circle. And now you're going around in, in the anger circle. That's right. Instead of taking the time and say, okay, I feel angry. Um, the reason I feel angry is because maybe I didn't get them done because I had all these other things going on. So it's really not even anger at that mm-hmm. point. I'm disappointed. Uh, and so now I've got, you know, that core emotion, right? The disappointment piece. I'm disappointed because she doesn't value what I was doing and the reason why I didn't get it done in the first place. And, and we didn't even have that conversation. She and, just kind of, And that's the main part, yes. right? Yep. It's the value piece. Yep, absolutely. But, but go ahead. What you got? I was thinking emotional intelligence. It sounds like it deals with a lot of uh, knowing yourself, one, but also effective communication, right? So being able to articulate uh, whatever that situation is and taking the emotion out. How how important, how, not important, but how do you look at how hard it is to maybe take that emotional piece out of it when we talk about emotional intelligence? Because it's easy to say, but it's very hard to do, especially when you're reacting off. Yeah. your raw emotions at that moment instead of taking a deep breath. So is there any techniques to that? So there's a, uh, there, there's a, there's a diagram that I swear mm-hmm. by. So all the, all the stuff that we do on base is all from a company called talent smart mm-hmm. and they're kind of the industry lead for all this part of the self-management uh, portion of the curriculum is we talk about the brain and we talk about what yep. happens inside the brain. Yep. And what the first thing to realize is, and I was asked this question, you know, how many of you out in the audience think, you can control your emotions. Mm-hmm. And I always get a couple of hands pop up and then I yell at them, you know, you're wrong. <laughs> and, uh, and then we go into the why, right? I'll put, the, I'll put the, the diagram up on the screen. And what everybody has to, the first step to that is understanding you can't control feeling. Right. You feel. Right. Trigger happens, an event happens, you feel. That's the back half of your brain. It's called the limbic system. And that generates the emotion. And that's where we come into that, that, that path, right? Mm-hmm. I can either go, so when I'm in my car driving in the left lane of traffic mm-hmm. and somebody slower than me gets in front of me, that, oh my God. that's a trigger event. <laughs> that's a trigger event and that causes me to feel an emotion and it's not a happy Especially one. Especially right? when it's the law. <laughs> yeah. It's the damn law. Listen, get over there and then do what you got to do and move back over. But yeah. then if you ride in that lane and I mean, you slow. Yeah. Right? Oh, that, oh, yeah. That burns me There's up. emotions. Right. Right. Yes. That is emotion. Yes. So, younger Less, you know, less educated <laughs> Brian Klubal, there would be a very immediate negative reaction mm-hmm. to that. You know, usually a, a particular finger or two mm-hmm. is going to go up. The horn's going to get honked and, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, but now I, I run that through, and this is what you try to do, is you run it through the front half of your brain, which is the rational part, and it's called self-talk. And this is mm-hmm. self-talk. I think you've heard me talk mm-hmm. on self-talk before. That it, To me, out of all the strategies with emotional intelligence, self-talk is the most important because it, it drives our reactions and more importantly, it's the thing that, that holds us back. 
from, from, from reaching our potential. It really does. And so in the heat of the moment, you right. got to recognize, and then you got to stop and you got to rationalize. And if it's not the time for you to talk about it, don't talk about it. If you need to walk away, walk away. If you've got somebody that won't let you walk away, yeah. you got to figure out a way to walk away because otherwise it's just going to escalate and you're going to follow the negative track straight to a bad result. Um, but it's tough. It's really, really tough. It's one of the most common questions I get. And, and the cool thing about EQ, it's not like personality and it's not like your IQ, right? Mm -hmm. Those are fixed. You can't do anything about them. They are what they are. But EQ, you can practice. It's just like a muscle. I can take it to the gym. I can work it. I can make it stronger, more flexible, uh, and I can get better at it so that when I am in those moments, uh, and I'm, I'm okay mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. uh, my wife and my daughter have a particular knack for Boop, you know, hitting that button, and then, and then, you know, even I struggle with it from time to time, um, and even at work, yep. uh, you know, you know what I do, yep. and so uh, there's times when when I really have to control yep. what's happening with me, uh, otherwise it's going to affect a lot more than me. Right. You know what? And I know you probably have some Herm, but it's something you said that makes sense, and a lot of people may not know, but it takes approximately three seconds, three seconds from the activated event for you to. Think logically about it. And there's times individuals make a reaction or, you know, do something stupid just based off of that feeling. Yep. But all you have to wait and just hold tight. And then you start thinking, OK, what will happen if I beat my horn at this person and they see me mm -hmm. and I go around to them, I give them the finger and. It, it can no, just no, go downhill, no. right? Yeah. It can go right downhill. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I understand that. What you got, Herm? So, so my question is, uh, full disclosure, I've never heard of this course. Um, I think it's very interesting. I'm going to want to get some information on it. But I want to know, in that course, does it talk about when is it a good time to lead with your emotions? Is there, or is there ever a good time to lead with your emotions and let your emotions guide you through your de decision process? So I would say I've had that question actually asked in the past before. And the, the best example that I think I've come up with when you should absolutely allow your emotions to drive your actions is if you are in some type of crisis, mm -hmm. right? So active shooter, right? I mean, you're going to have some emotions, but then you're going to you want that to drive everything that you're doing at that point. Yes, you want to be thinking through, but you want to hone in on that and, and react, um, Safety, you know, sometimes uh, you'll see your child getting ready to do something drastically stupid and, and you won't even think you'll just jump straight into action to go pull them back or maybe, you know, pull them out of the street, whatever that looks like. Um, those are the, the opportunities and the times when that emotion is just going to drive everything you're doing and you won't even bother to think about anything until after it's already done. Because you care. Yep, absolutely. So I got to follow up with that. So, so again, I'm, I'm going to learn more about you, about your course, but... um. We talked about offline about um, they used to say um, boys don't cry, you know, don't, mm -hmm. don't, let, don't. We're not supposed to show emotion. We're not supposed to cry. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and then with the whole Kobe thing, it started coming out. Grown men were crying over him and stuff like that. And yeah. it's like, yo, this is okay. You know, we supposed to let out these emotions. Does, does your course talk to that at all? Or because it talks about it, it talks about workplace and personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So does it does it touch on that at all? And if it does, what are your thoughts on that? So the, the curriculum itself, I don't think we talked to that specifically, but I will tell you, uh, when I went through the certification class, we had a retired command chief down there. And as part of that class, we had to take what's called a multi-rater assessment. So you kind of assess yourself and then up to 50 people can assess you. It's really valuable because you get that performance gap because a lot of us walk through life, you know, mm -hmm. with the tunnel vision thinking, yeah, I got this and I'm all, you know, I know I'm doing everything that I need to be doing and, and I'm doing it right. 
And it isn't until you reach out and you get that perspective from the folks around you that you realize you're not. So one of the things that he got was he was very much an old school. He was a retired defender, security forces guy. Cool. Uh, and one of the comments, or, or actually three of the comments that were on his, his assessment were how he handles people when they cry in front of him. And, and he had that mindset. He was very much a go fix your face kind of guy, you know, go fix your face. But what that did by talking about that is it allowed us to generate a conversation and, and have that discussion because all too often, if you get really good at this, yes, you can, you can recognize the emotion, you can control the reaction, and you can have a positive outcome from the situation, but you still need to go back and really process that emotion and what happened a lot of times. Um, and that's where absolutely you go back. And, and if you need to go have a good cry, man, you got to go have a good cry. Um, if you are in a situation and, and it's so overwhelming that you mm -hmm. need to cry, you know, it, it may or may not be appropriate uh, given where you are. But, you know, I, I, I have a lot of folks that are in my office talking about a lot of real stuff mm -hmm. um, and a lot of real problems. And guys and gals, it really doesn't matter. The, the tears will come if, if the situation warrants it. And so, yes. We talk to it, um, but if you bring it up, then we talk even more about it in the class. So I would like to, A, let everybody know you are a first sergeant, mm -hmm. right? And not just a first sergeant, but the first sergeant, right? <laughs> yes. and, and then have the audacity to make senior master sergeant, right? So congratulations. Yeah. I'm not supposed to talk about that. Yet. <laughs> it don't matter. No, 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 no. They need to no, know, thank right? You. No, thank you. I appreciate but that. Very much well deserved. But what I would like to talk on, kind of like what you were speaking on, when individuals come into your office, because you are a maintainer by trade, mm -hmm. but if you go to a organization that's a little bit more philly and yeah. hey shirt i got this problem you know what no disrespect to anybody out there that's in touch with their feelings however mm. how do you balance that as a shirt the emotional but then the logic behind it for example you did something wrong that's black and white however i want to know why so mm -hmm. what else is going on because i think if you don't have that uh, that type of talk, mm -hmm. then you won't see the person behind the conviction or behind the whatever the issue is. Yeah. So how important do you think that is, especially being a first sergeant? Oh, it's the most important. Um, the, where we get ourselves into trouble is when we don't do that, when we don't ask those questions and, and we don't search for the why behind it. Um, nobody, to my knowledge, and, I, and I, I feel pretty confident saying this, I don't think anybody gets up out of bed, you know, in the morning saying, today's the day I'm mm -hmm. going to go, I'm going to go screw up my life today. Yeah, you know, want to be to, a today's the day yeah. I'm going to go, <laughs> to you, tear it up. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Even, even when you, and, and I will definitely expand on that because even outside of the air force, when you look at areas where we have kids that are making poor life decisions mm -hmm. each and every single day, if you tear that back and you look at why that's happening, there's an, emo there's an emotional component to that, and there's a reason for that, and it's often like a survival reason, or it's a, it's a, they're, they're just trying to get by or to get through long enough to, to you know, half of them don't even know where they're going or what they're, what they're working towards. It's just a survival thing, and all that's driven by the emotional piece, right? Mm -hmm. So when you get them in the Air Force, and, and probably the most disappointing thing that I've seen a couple of times now from my position, and, and even as recently as the last year, is when you get a young man or a young woman who comes from a, a very tough, rough, yeah. you know, street background, yep. um, in and out of uh, those violent situations and, and that decision-making process, right? And they 
continue to use that decision-making process because despite what we believe, yeah. basic training and yep. tech school is not enough to remove not 17, not. 18, no. 20 plus no. years of life uh, and suddenly make somebody, you know, into a good thinker. Um, we don't teach that, yep. right? And, and you can't really sit down and just teach that in a setting. Mm. They, they've got to go through and, and learn that with a support system. Uh, but for those that, that can't get outside of that, those are the ones that unfortunately they want to dig in that hole, dig in that hole, dig in that hole. And I don't think we have enough people in our air force right now that are capable of really rescuing yeah. most of those young folks from themselves. And so what you find is they're not looking at that emotional component of things, what's happening, what's driving the actions, what's driving the behavior, having the conversations of, okay, you're not, you don't live there anymore, man. Like you're, you're done. You came here uh, and you came here to get away from all that. So why are you putting yourself in a position where you're going to go back to that? That's right. And if you don't have that conversation soon enough and you don't, draw the line and hold mm -hmm. the accountability soon enough. And a lot of folks are afraid to do that because yes. they don't want to write paperwork mm -hmm. or they're too lazy, whatever mm -hmm. it looks like. If you don't do that with, with, with people and you don't understand them, then you're, you're just going to mistreat them, not, you know, beating them with a stick or anything like that, but you're going to mistreat them. You're going to mishandle them. You're not going to give them what they need to grow and to be effective um, because you never took the time to connect and figure out what's driving again, the thought process and the behavior. Um, yeah, I hope that, hope that yeah. answers the question. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so I got a question for that because I was having a conversation earlier with a buddy of mine about um, just connecting with folks, right? Especially with the example you gave with folks coming to the military and you don't know their backgrounds, yeah. but we think basic training and then maybe tech school kind of fixes all that and make them blue. Yeah. That's not the case. It yeah. takes years for some people to turn that switch off or even change that culture. So when we're talking about emotional intelligence, I think that, I don't know if it's put on in basic training and tech school, like do they educate early on about that kind of stuff? But I think it's definitely need to be hashed out if it hasn't at that level. But when we're talking about emotional intelligence, um, my question was, even though we are driven by AFIs and a black and white of you did this wrong, here's the consequences of it, because that was how we was raised, especially for the uh, seasoned folks. But how do we, how do you connect empathy with that? Because yes, this says you can't do this. Here's the consequence, consequences of it. Here's the accountability piece of it. But how do you get to the root cause is what I'm getting at, like the root cause and digging into why you made that decision. And and also, too, it's a gray area. Yes. So if you look at any AFI, there's always supplements. Mm -hmm. But what's not inside of the uh, in the AFI is what if this happens? Yeah. You know, what if that happens? So does that mean hey, it's, is it binary? Right and wrong, right? You're yeah. in or you're out type yeah. of thing. So how do you, to what he's saying, how do you gauge that? Hey, for our, yeah. our non-military yeah, listeners. Yeah, I was going to say AFIs. You committed the sin. AFIs are instructions that Air Force members uh, must that govern to. us. Yep. Yeah, that's what we yeah. Governs, yes, <laughs> pretty much. It does. So, so, and and just to make sure that I understand the question, where what I was going to ask you in return on that is, so your question is really, how do we balance? Uh, the humanity with the rules. Right, right, right. exactly. Uh, and I think it's, I think the first thing that, that is so, so critically important for anybody who's going to be um, in a position of authority, let alone in, in influencing as a leader, whether mm -hmm. it's laterally down, up, doesn't matter. The rules in terms of what you're talking about within the Air Force, although some of them are, are you know, rooted in legal guidance coming from DOD and all that other mm -hmm. Department of Defense mm -hmm. and stuff like that, 
Uh, absolutely, there's a lot less wiggle on those. Mm-hmm. But man, people people just do not understand that those things are written with intent. They are written as a as a set of guidelines for you to be an adult uh, and to be a decision maker and to take take charge and to take ownership of whatever your area of responsibility is. And where I see folks get tripped up in that, and and I think coming back to your question mm-hmm. is. When you are so caught up on policy mm-hmm. that you forget about people, right. when there you begin go. to right. prioritize policy and you no longer prioritize people, now you're stepping in the realm of, of I'm not a big right-wrong guy, but right. you're stepping in the, right, you know, the wrong realm Can at that you point. Dig it? <laughs> yeah, it's like that one. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Because that, that's, that's missing. Yeah, you know, is. that is truly, truly missing. Yeah. So, so um, I'm going to hit off a word that my man Larry over here talked about, empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, suicide awareness training we talked we watched a video about what's the difference between empathy and sympathy right mm-hmm. uh, are you familiar with that video like uh it's like a bear walking around and give you a part of you you know what i'm saying yes. showing yep. that they feel with you and whatnot yep do your emotional uh emotional intelligence class does it, does it talk does it correlate does it link with like suicide awareness in the air force today because i'm, I'm of the belief that most of the suicides that's happened in the air force it's not really duty related, but still emotional, emotional ties, emotionally related. Um, Can you speak on that? Yeah. So for the most part, we've been talking about self-awareness and Mm self-management. So we'll, we'll flip over to social, to the social competence piece of it, uh, which is your social awareness and then your relationship management. And so when you, and Larry, you were in my, my everyone communicates, you connect class, which is a, it's not an EQ class. It's a John Maxwell curriculum or content. Um, but it speaks directly to what's missing. And a lot of that is the connection, mm-hmm. but at the core of connection is emotion. You, you can't, you cannot impact somebody. You can't influence somebody. You can't lead somebody. You can't, you can't do anything with a person, uh, unless except make them feel bad or order them around. And that's right. a temporary solution. You know, you're very ineffective until you take the time to connect with them on an emotional level. So yes, absolutely. We talk about that because the core of social com- or uh, of social awareness is recognizing emotions in others and being able to look at those cues. And we talk about them. We talk about them to death when it comes to suicide awareness and, and uh, you know, checking your buddy and, and, you know, if they're a happy go lucky type of person mm-hmm. and then suddenly they tank um, something's probably wrong. But what we don't do is look for the more subtle realities uh, of when people are actually going through stuff. And so until you train yourself to really acknowledge uh, how many different emotions can be going on, and actually now that we're talking about this, just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about emotions. So that's, that's, that's everything. These, these are the ones that we default to a lot, like happy, sad, angry, stuff like that. So what would you Bro, see? like a million of them on but, here. Right, so yeah. happy is like high, is elated, excited. Uh, another example for medium, they just cheer, mild, uh, glad, but it's, it goes in intensity Different of levels, uh, feelings, yeah. shame. Yeah. What did you want to touch on? I'm not an expert. I can barely so, read, man. So, so that's that's what I wanted to touch on, though. Just yeah. just think about your reaction to seeing that many yeah. words to describe emotions on a, on a piece of paper, right, or on a screen. Yep. Uh, and this is unfortunately we default to these top ones. And so I'll give you a, a personal example. Um, my my wife uh, and my daughter also, but my wife really uh, will struggle with. Um, if she feels like public embarrassment, like embarrassment's yeah, a thing, right? right? Yeah. Um, and her embarrassment only manifests in one way, and that's anger. Like, it's, it's anger. Now, if every time that happened, the only thing that I focused on was that she's angry, 
I'm never I'm never actually going to so go after the root it. cause. Right. Yeah, That's I'm never right. going to know what's going on um, because I'm not actually looking at what's driving that. And so after it happened a couple of times and they dig down deeper, I'm like, oh, it's because of this. And so now I'm much more cognizant and aware of when I when we're in situations what is the outcome of this and how will this make her feel? Will it make her feel that negative emotion? And can I avoid that altogether if I just pay a little more attention right. or do a little and, bit and, extra and, with and, it? And so that's good. Yeah, this, this conversation <laughs> would have saved a lot of relationships. <laughs> yeah, really? yeah. A whole lot of eight <laughs> lives too, right? Yeah. So with that being said, in my mind, you have to not just connect with an individual, but connect with them with already having an intent in your mind. Mm -hmm. So if you want a person to do A, B, and C, you need to know what to avoid because now you've learned, but we've talked offline about asking those questions. Yeah. Hey, how do you feel when you're upset? Or what do you do? I'm sorry, not how do you feel, but mm -hmm. what do you do? How, how will I know yeah. that you're upset? So it goes both sides. So not only do, am I asking you so I can become more, uh, emotionally aware or intelligent about you, but you will know more about yourself and you can communicate that to me. How important do you think that aspect is? So, so that's, if everybody would just do that, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially, yeah. you know, if you just want, and, and I'll tell you that that's the conversation I have with my boss uh, when we do that initial feedback yeah. and we're setting expectations. And I always, I always tell him, um, here's, here's the biggest thing you need to know about me. If I go quiet, you screwed up. Yep. If I go quiet, something you did something wrong and something's broken between us. And my expectation for you as my boss is to meet me wherever I am in that point and fix it. And if you choose to let it go and not fix it after I tell you exactly, you know, after I, I arm you with this information, if you choose not to fix it, now you're speaking to me louder than words are ever going to speak to me because now you can't claim ignorance. You can't claim, oh, I didn't know. Um, no, I'm telling you exactly what it looks like when I'm upset and when things are broken between us. You know, a lot of our junior air, or junior people, junior airmen, they need to hear that yeah. because they, they're not going to have the courage to say that to their supervisor. They normally know I'm cool. Everything is all right. Yep. You know what Thumbs I mean? up, shirt. Yeah. Everything's good. Everything's Break cool, that barrier. Man, if they would, if they would kick it to them just like that, that would solve a lot of problems because supervisors they don't know either. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, yep. if they see you shutting down, they think you got an attitude problem. Yep. Right? right? You know, what I mean? and and they they're judging. They're going off the reaction, not the root cause. Yeah. So they're trying to adjust address the reaction. What you got an attitude problem? Yeah. You know what I mean? Won't you fix fix whatever's going on with you? Not knowing why they're acting like that, and not even thinking that they just might be the cause. Of right. It. Mm -hmm. So not just the junior uh, members, but even in relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you can't have that conversation to say, "Hey, this is how I feel when this happens," yeah. but not necessarily talking down to a person or yeah. to who you would say, "Hey, do you you're hearing me, right?" Mm -hmm. And then you go back and forth with that. Now moving forward. If it happens again, one of two things is, is, is in my mind, is going to happen. Either, hey, I forgot. I'm sorry. We did have that conversation. Or you blatantly yeah, didn't that. care. Yeah. what you feel. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. those are the type of conversations that we kind of dance around mm -hmm. expecting you to already know how I feel because we've been mind. together. Yeah. No, this isn't a region. You get what I mean? Yeah. So we, even though we've been together, but how connected are we so mm -hmm. that you can pick up my cue and say, you know what? He's tripping right now. Let me give him this space and kind of chill on that. Or I see she's, she's cleaning up, even though the house isn't dirty, but she's cleaning mm -hmm. something's on her mind. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let me give her the space to come and connect, right? Yep. Just to do that. 
Yeah, and I want to I want to flip that completely around 180 degrees too. Uh, man, I can't tell you how many times I get asked the question, how do I deal? And I hate this word. I hate this <laughs> word. Is? How do I deal with toxic leadership? Oh, my God. How do man. I deal with toxic it's a, leaders? It's toxic, toxic, toxic. Oh, man. Everything is toxic. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so, it, and, and as much as I can't stand that word, though, you know, it really, it, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But when you t- take a look at, at why that happens, it happens not because that, Every now and then you'll get somebody who's just a complete jerk, yep. right? And they just, they live their life to be a jerk. And, and those folks, the only solution is, is to, to cut them out in whatever way you got to do it. And that's where we need to rely on senior leaders to, to do their jobs um, and make those decisions. But for the most part, toxic leaders are just ignorant leaders. Mm-hmm. And they just don't, don't know, know the effect and how they're actually making people feel. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> That's important. Pause on, yeah, it is. Pause on that. Hey, I want you guys to know, if you see the number at the bottom, make sure you call if you got a question, right? And also, to our fifth caller, you will be able to win a shirt, right? Uh, not a uh, first sergeant, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the Lions Den, okay? But yeah, if you got a question to ask, the number's below 618-792-6747. want to give you guys the opportunity to call, but what do you think about that? Yeah, so, so this is where EQ comes into play mm-hmm. because the more you are understanding your emotions, um, you can now control how you have those conversations because mm-hmm. what happens most of the time, people are either too afraid or conflict avoidance to, to, to even get into that situation conflict to begin avoidance, with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that, again, that's emotionally driven. It's, it's a fear thing. They're, they're, they're afraid to do that because they don't know what the outcome is going to be, um, whether that's just the actual conflict itself or my career is going to be over or it's going to affect my EP, you know, whatever that winds up looking like. But if you, if you know that and you can control that, right, and so you work on being able to control that emotional reaction, now you engage that, that toxic leader and you sit down and you have a conversation. And the easiest thing to do that a lot of people just can't get, get to this point is sit down and say, do you know, are you aware that you are a jerk face? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't, don't, don't put it like that, yeah. but are you aware of, of how you make people feel? Yeah. And, and, I guarantee you in every situation I've ever been in where I've had this conversation, the answer has always been nobody ever told me. No. What do you mean? What are you talking about? What do you mean how people feel? And then you can start expanding into that. And and that's where you really, you, you try to take a coaching mindset and you try to ask questions. So they get to thinking and they're, and they're trying to get to those answers themselves while you're trying to do that. You don't have to be higher ranking. You don't have to be a peer you anybody can do that mm-hmm. you just have to, to have to be confident you know you have to start the process um and as long as you're not going in there ready for combat you know <laughs> and you're not you're not armed up and, and and ready for a fight and you just go in with a conversation a lot of times that will get you your foot in the door and then you can start having those talks um and start addressing that that toxicity right. uh with the leader <laughs> but right. yeah I, I mean it's it's usually that's that's step one mm-hmm. and and unfortunately there's just not enough folks that do that and, and i will tell you um i've been the part of of many removals and firings over the last uh couple of years and um a lot of them when they are at those higher ranks whether it's you know senior master sergeants chief master sergeants um it when it all starts coming out they're on a, They're so surprised. Yeah, they're so surprised, and it catches them off guard. And they, 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 they literally. And that's where the emotion. That's where the EQ comes into play for me because mm-hmm. I know they're not just joking or they're mm-hmm. not just trying to lie or, or act like they, you know, 
like they knew the whole time, but they didn't know. They didn't know. Um, no, they really didn't. They well, got the blinders on. What's sad is not, I, I've worked with people. Well, I've been in class with people that said out of their mouth that they expect the people to adjust to them though. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't need to understand where they're coming from. They joined the air force. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, they need to adjust up. Yeah. Which to an extent is kind of true. But when you start losing connection with your airmen and thinking, um, nah, I'm not really worried about how you feel. Yeah, and that's forcing where, them, forcing yeah, them to conform. That's the, yeah. that's where the true toxic leadership is. So how do you deal with that as far as, you know, controlling your emotions and, 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 and handling that a toxic leader? So for those folks, uh, a good question to ask them is, uh, how did you get where you are? How did you come? Because there's a million and one ways to, to find success in the Air Force, right? And right now, uh, you know, we very incorrectly define success as stripes on sleeve by time and service. Very incorrectly, um, correct. And it, we're getting away from that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there's there's some been some really good folks up at half now for the last couple of years that are, are swinging us in a different direction on thinking that way, which is which is awesome. But it's still out there, and it's still a big thing. And so the first question I ask when I see these folks is, is how did they get there? Because a lot of times we promote historically we promote based off of iq based technical proficiency we promote based off your ability to perform tasks and performance and we consider performance to be how well do you do the work that's right and so you have a lot of folks that are very very intelligent and that have been doing a lot of great work and they've done a lot of good stuff for the air force but they have never been in a position to lead people they've been promoted because they've just been very very good at what they do and so then we start talking about underdeveloped leaders, right? Mm-hmm. Because now we're putting people into positions of authority, but they're not actually leaders. And that's when you, you start to, then they just start doing what they've always done. They, because of how they operate and because of how they do things, their mindset is, yeah, I adjusted to everybody that's ever been in charge of me, and that's why I've been successful. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't everybody else want to do the exact same go. thing and adjust to me and be successful like me? And, and that's, and it's really as easy as that, but it's a bad cycle. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you just, now you're in, now you're on the merry-go-round. So we got a question from Miss, uh, Miss James, how you doing? And, uh, and also I want to appreciate everyone for, uh, for tuning in. That's on live. Make sure you give your, your area code where you're at. But anyway, Miss James, she says, so how do you deal with leadership that know that they are toxic and even said, stated that they've been told that before, but refuse to change especially that last part mm-hmm. they refuse they, to change because they heard it yeah, they but, know yeah they know but they choose not to what do you think about that question so how do you deal with that it's so tough when you so this is where i go back into the jerks right mm-hmm. this is where we're talking about the jerks mm-hmm. and this is unfortunately when you have somebody that is vocal um and they they are self-aware so they can't claim ignorance. They've been told and, and, and they have all that information um, and they're still choosing deliberately to continue doing things like they're doing them. That's when you need to reach out and start exploring some different processes that are in place. And you, you probably need to step out. That's where you can legitimately come in and go to the next level up in command and, mm-hmm. and start talking to the boss's boss mm-hmm. um, and having driving those conversations. Uh, or... You know, again, we, we have an inspector general and we have unbiased third parties that are completely outside for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to be careful with going out there. And this is the thing I always tell people every time I've ever heard somebody say, I'm going to the IG. Absolutely. Go to the IG. 
um, go to the inspector general and, and go go do that. That's your right. Um, and in fact, let me let me prep you for success because you need to go in there and know exactly what what you're how, what you're trying to communicate, what the problem is, and why it's a violation of something. Um, but yeah, and make sure your emotions are not in it. Absolutely, right? base. Absolutely. So I have a question for you. So we're talking about EQ, emotional intelligence, and whatnot. For first timers, this first time hearing this emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. where can they find information about this so that they can get educated themselves to not only learn about themselves, but to how to articulate it to others that they interact with? It's a relationship, work, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so the, the book that all of our curriculum is based off of, it's Emotional Intelligence 2.0. It's mm-hmm. by Dr. Uh, Travis Bradbury and Dr. Gene Greaves. Um, very, very good place to start. Inside that book, when you get it, uh, there's a code for you to take a self-assessment and kind of learn more about you. Um, there's a nonprofit company that's called Six Seconds. Mm-hmm. Their website, they have a lot of free resources that are on it. Uh, very, very much worth checking out. Talent Smarts website, they have a bunch of free articles that actually talk about individual specific situations, you know, difficult leaders, things like that. Um, those are where I would start. Uh, if you're at Scott Air Force Base, mm-hmm. Pay attention to the development calendar and or, or hit me up and, and uh, or our violence prevention folks because we do the classes regularly. Um, and I've been in units and done focused efforts within units that have had uh, challenges. Um, and, yeah, love it. Absolutely okay. love it. So That's tons awesome. of resources there. Thank you for that. Good, good, good. What you got, huh? Oh, oh, we got a, a statement. A couple. Uh, yeah, we got a nice. couple of them. Yeah, All right. Okay. Yeah, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Okay. When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. The cho- wait, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. So mm. I, I want to talk to that because that's an extremely good point. Mm. Um, and that's a very, that, that's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And thank you for putting that up there because mm-hmm. uh, I will say, and I, and I know I kind of threw out the other options when, when you're dealing with somebody uh, in, in a different direction to go when you absolutely, you know, because I'm in my mind as a first sergeant, I'm all like, okay, we, we take people to a certain point, but if they need to go, they need to go. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how I operate every day. However, for me, the responsibility is just as much on me to adapt uh, if I can't get through to somebody, there has to be, it doesn't matter who you are. There is a commonality. There's a common thread between you and that person. You may not recognize it. You may not realize it. You may not even want to think about it because you hate them so much. There's something there. That's a commonality between the two of you. And if you can find that and you can focus on that, then things start to become more positive. And then you may even find yourself in a better situation with that person. But yeah, your attitude nobody controls your attitude except for you and so for me uh and seth we've talked about this to death if you don't know your why if you don't know your purpose if your actions and and your life is not aligned with that why whether it's you know faith-based you know god put me here to do this uh whether it's science-based i'm a unique blend of these uh you know biological functions and so that means that i'm capable to do this whatever that looks like uh, that that needs to be your focus on everything in your life, and once you do that, all the negative becomes filtered through that, and now you just start looking at it as okay, I have all the rest of this stuff, 
this is just a challenge for me. This is just a learning opportunity for me. This is just something that I'm going to go through um, because I'm being tested uh, right. and because this is a growth opportunity for me. Absolutely. Because um, if you're uncomfortable, yeah. you're growing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's yeah. true. You have to be uncomfortable. And then you have to be able to take that will. Because yeah. if not, then you're going to be driven by everyone else based yeah. off of what they expect you to do. And then you're going to be there in turmoil. So we got any final going on? That's one more. Sierra. Oh, yes, Sierra. Sierra. What'd she say? Okay. She said, I was having a conversation about this generation, this generation of leaders. All right. I believe it's the culture that is dwindling, dwindling and the current airmen who will be in, in their roles. All right. Will manifest a new era of the air force where the, uh, the old ways will weed out in time. Let me see. Let me get it. Where did, oh, here it is. All right. In time, the toxic will fade. And it will take some commitment on both parts. However, the older generation needs to understand their role in molding the future leaders to take their place. Yeah, I got a I got a story about that right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Juan Lewis, he told me. Are y'all familiar with Juan Lewis? Fired up, chief. fired up, chief. Oh yeah, yeah. So, okay. so he gave me a story one day about um, some kid came to him talking about, "Hey, chief, what you know about dabbing?" Mm-hmm. Right, and. He said, I don't know, but can you show me? There we he go. said, it wasn't about him trying to learn to dab. It was about him trying to connect and let him yep. know, like, look, yeah, what's important to you is going to be important to me, too. That's good. And so when they're talking about the old ways and older people need to understand where their role is, it's like, look, like we talked about a little bit earlier, adaption goes both ways. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Not just one way down. Like, if they come up to you and ask you about a dab, it's not going to hurt your feelings to put your little arm like mm-hmm. this for a little bit for yeah. and you and you gain that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know yep. what I'm saying? So you might open up a, a conversation later right. on. Right. They know they can relate to you a little bit. That's right. Make you approachable. Yeah. Right. And then and I know we talked about this too, and I'm gonna wrap it up and we can go back around, but being able to connect with an individual during peacetime at work. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if you have to deploy or do things that's more stressful, yeah, either here yeah. or downrange, I feel more connected with you because we talked about dabbing or okay. we talked about the, you know, why Detroit is better than Tennessee uh, football, <laughs> you know, whatever the case is. Yeah, I said it. But anyway, but at the end, of, <laughs> but at the end of the day, if we can have that type of conversation, okay. now I see that you see me behind this uniform and then now I can learn more about the military from your point of view since you've been in longer now we're connecting what Mm -hmm. you think how how important do you think that is no I I, again you talk generations right we like to talk about generations we have five generations in the workforce today Mm -hmm. and all all of the things Um, and and when I hear people talk about generations I don't want to take anything away from them because they're real the differences are definitely real and, and especially when you are thinking strategically about how you are going to do things five ten years from now how you're gonna get with that audience now but the the thing with that is generational differences go out the window the minute you focus on connection with people there you go and the minute you just focus on the person that's in front of you and you take the time to meet them where they're at, it doesn't matter what generation they are, it doesn't matter who they are, it doesn't matter culturally where they're from. Um, If you take the time to meet them where they are, you're gonna be successful. Uh, And so often we just, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we're caught up in what I call the work, right? Everybody's worried about the work, and because we're worried about the work, we we forget to worry about the people. 
Uh, I make that the priority. There you go. That's good. That's good. Anything? I don't think that was a good show. That was real good. Hey, we want to thank you for coming through and, you know. I'm so happy you asked me to come out here. (laughs) 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 No, but seriously, it means a lot because we do talk about emotional intelligence so much, but we really don't get down into the weeds as far as not just what it is, but how beneficial it can be to uh, the individuals you work with day to day and the person that you live with every day. So I do appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time out coming to the Lions Den. My pleasure. Bit, you My know pleasure. what I mean? But no, no, this was awesome. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Next time, stronger than coconut water. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready to transition over to the next uh, topic, which will be single mothers. But before we go into that, we did have the first uh, month brunch at Kevlar's Grill. Did anybody go? Did you go to it? I missed it this time. I'm kind of kicking time. myself for that. Okay. Well, listen, if you guys haven't been, make sure you plan for it. It's every first and third uh, Sunday, and the food is amazing. So that's kevlarsgrill.com. You make sure that you go online and check out their full menu. And every day throughout the week, instead of Fridays, because that's Fish Friday, but they change up the menu. It's specials every day, and it's only $9.99. So make sure you do check them out. And then they do have Grubhub. Grubhub, make sure you... Use them. They can come on base in 25-mile radius. And we will be right back. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. The Lion's Den Podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome y'all back to the other half of the Lions Den. But before we go into it, I want you guys to know if you haven't checked out the um, the bow ties that we have in the in the reel, this my man's he's uh, he has his own company where he makes custom made bow ties and he sponsored the Lions Den. So I want you guys to check out the arrogant accessories on Instagram. It's, it's awesome, I'm telling you. And because of the show, if you guys go to his site and pick any bow tie and you put in the code Lions Heart in all caps, you will get 10% off. I'm telling you, they out cold. Hey, you like you like bow ties, bro? Man, I ain't got no neck. <laughs> you got no neck. I'm, I'm gonna try, man. I'm gonna wrap it around the bottom of my chin. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh wow. Hey, well, listen, guys, we're going to get it rolling. So we have a our guest here. Not only we got Herm, we got Miss Anita, but we also have Miss Angel. How you feeling, ma'am? What's huh? going on? What's good? going on? It's been good? a minute, right? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. So this segment, this segment, we're talking about single moms. Single moms, I know. Single moms. Oh, too much about that. I bet, and I think we <laughs> we do in our own in our own realm, right? But you have something else to add to it. What what is that you have? Couple things. So, um, not sure if you guys can see this, but the book is uh, "Where Did Daddy Go?" There are two versions. Um, the original version um, is here. It's based off of divorce and separation. Um, and then we have the deployment version based up off of um, military kids dealing with their uh, parents deploying. So both of these are um, written and co-authored by myself and my 10-year-old daughter, Lauren. And it's from her perspective. Oh, so how she good. felt that's different. when it went from a two-parent household to a single-parent household, as well as 
okay, well, why does my daddy have to deploy? Why can't this person's daddy deploy? And the role he plays in her realizing, okay, this is really important, so I'm being selfish right now type of deal. So definitely, like, she she did her thing with that one. So, okay. so what was the – what was your why? My why was more to – be therapeutic to her mm -hmm. let her ask those questions and let her kind of get her thoughts down mm -hmm. um initially when i told her that i was actually gonna publish it she was kind of nervous because she was embarrassed like i don't want people to know how i felt especially like her her schoolmates and things like that mm -hmm. so i had to talk to her you should be you shouldn't be embarrassed that this happened because you can take what you went through and help someone else who may not be dealing with it as well as you did and help them get through it. Mm -hmm. So now that she understands that, she's excited about it. So actually we had um, an event at church mm -hmm. and it was this little girl, like this little girl legit almost made me cry. Like she had read the book already and getting to see and meet my daughter and know this is the person who's in this book. I said, hey, would you like to take a picture with us? She said, um, can I just take a picture with her? There you I was go. like, I saw that. Mm -hmm. I was like, I cannot like stand between that. Go ahead, like I will um, take the picture. So her grandma was there. Um, she took the picture and then she gave my daughter like a bear hug at the end. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes you don't know the effects. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know the effects. It's the mic. Go ahead. Uh, hey, so so real quick, um, I seen your your Operation Hope. Operation on, Operation Provide. Provi Hope. Okay. Yep. So I I love the concept that you got going on. It's a donation, and it's going to provide books to schools, right? Yep. Can you speak a little bit about that? Okay. So Operation Provide Hope is um, something that I put together, like being military. Having a name behind something, it, it means something to people. So knowing that um, the proceeds that from the book or any other swag, the shirts, the pens, the cups, whatever, that goes towards us providing free books to local elementary schools around the U.S. So it doesn't have to be here in Illinois. Um, if you saw, I put out a post, hey, shoot me the name of some elementary schools. And I was like, okay, I'll take the top 15 and then people started, like, sending $40, $50, $80. And I'm like, yo, okay. I'm like, okay, so I need more schools. Or if I talk to somebody in passing, hey, do you have a child in elementary school? What's the name um, type of deal? So it's, it's definitely getting some, some traction behind it. Um, a couple people have reached out to me to come and speak um, to their school. And actually, if I can bring my daughter as well, that way they can see, okay, this is the actual person behind this book. It's not just a character. Yeah, like, she's good. real. So. so the question is, would individuals that don't know anything about the Air Force be able to still connect with the story in the book? Yep. Um, so the first one, um, if they are dealing with um, divorce or separation or whatever the case may be, they can see themselves in it. And then with deployment, they don't have to be military. Like, it breaks it down. Okay, this is a deployment. Um, this is how long um, mommy or daddy is usually gone. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, so where did daddy go? I spoke with the Airman Family and Readiness Center, and they said, hey, like, would you mind, like, making it more, like, gender neutral, saying, hey, where did you go? Mm -hmm. And I was like, absolutely. So right now I have in the works, um, where did you go? 
Um, I have the title waiting in my inbox, and I sent over um, the pictures and had them flip-flop to um, from daddy leaving to mommy leaving mm -hmm. and daddy staying behind. That's good. So that's coming soon, too. Whatever I can do to reach the masses is what I want to do. Absolutely. The original one is therapeutic for my daughter to get her story out there. But if we can reach more people by making it more um, gender neutral, then I'm all for that as well. Awesome. Awesome. That's good. What you think? I think it's I think it's great. From the moment that I known you was doing it, I was like, I know she's gonna knock this out the park. And I'm following it the whole way through. Uh so I'm I'm there, you know, anything any anywhere that I could support, you know, buy books, you know, I can't read that well. <laughs> <laughs> well stated. But uh anywhere that I can help, I am I'm really in the corner rooting for you. You need to stop biting my style though. You know I wore that jacket first. Oh Yo, <laughs> I looked on Facebook and I was like, This dude got my jacket on. Listen. I had to look at my closet. I was I didn't like, know it was you. unisex. Okay. Now I don't know. <laughs> no, hold on, that's what I was gonna say. Who got it first and where did you get it from? And where did you get it from? Somebody I'm like, Ray J, I hit it first. You know what? Hey, look, somebody's out of line with it. So, Ms. Anita, how important is it to have that type of connection with your child, understanding that? You know what? I was just about to say I really uh, commend you for what you do um, and for writing this book. Because I'm going to tell you, when me and my ex uh, got divorced, that wasn't a conversation that me and my, my daughter had at the time. Um, guaranteed, she was only about five, four or five. But we didn't have that conversation. We didn't say, hey, mommy and daddy are getting divorced. You know, we actually still lived under the same roof until I till we both deployed. So it's more like, hey, mommy and daddy aren't going to live together anymore. It wasn't, you know, we're not together. It wasn't a conversation of us um, being divorced or not. So I commend you for what you're doing. And thank you for bringing awareness, you know, to not only the military, but in general to the, you know, the, the population, this world. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So a little... Um, uh, it's a known fact to some people, but unknown to others. So 50% of marriages end in divorce, and 40% of kids are born out of wedlock, outside of that 50%. So if you think about it, there are so many children out there who are feeling what my daughter was feeling, but they may be ashamed to say it, or they may not have that healing. Okay, I can talk to mommy about this, or hey, I feel comfortable saying that I miss daddy. Some kids, like, they aren't able to say, hey, I miss my mama or I miss my daddy. Like, they can't even talk about that person in the other person's presence. Mm. So it's all about bringing awareness that they need both of their parents. Like, they need the mother as well as the father. So you need to put yourselves aside and come together with that common goal in being there for the child. Okay. So, look, I know that you're pressed for time, but where can individuals find your book? Uh, so they can find it either on Amazon or um, angellove.online. Um, if you want to um, follow the operation Provide Hope, uh, my cash app is uh, dollar sign ABC251. Um, whatever you want to um, contribute, whether it's a dollar, 50 cents, or whatever the case may be, um, just know that the books are going to um, local elementary schools, and they appreciate it. I've gotten so many um, emails, phone calls saying thank you so much because I also provide a letter saying, hey, this is the book, this is the premise behind it, and because of individuals who are donating to Operation Provide Hope, 
we were able to send this out to your school. Awesome. Awesome. Hi, we wanna, hey, congratulate you, seriously, mm-hmm. because it's not easy. Right. It is not easy, A, putting it in the in that content, but also putting it in the book to be able to have that conversation because there's individuals that's grown right now right. that never had that conversation, but now they're in positions of either leadership or, or influence that is changing other people's lives just because they haven't dove into that and had that, you know, that conversation. But exactly. I want to thank you, man. Emotional intelligence, where you go? Yeah, <laughs> emotional intelligence, absolutely. Dab it on. Is. Yeah. <laughs> you was yeah, listening. Yeah, that All is right. good. Yeah. That is good. But no, thank you. Thank no, you for thank taking you the time. No, thank you guys for having me. Got to go pick up the kiddos. All right, Sorry. now. We appreciate you. So, so back to you, ma'am. How does it feel? How does it feel being a um, young lady that's in the military, at, but your single mother? Mm-hmm. How, how do you balance that? So, first, just want to put it out there. I might be a single mother, but I will say that my uh, children's father is actively in their life. There we go. Um, mm-hmm. So, we co-parent very well. We still do uh, family outings. He comes down for special events. He provides financially. Uh, we may not agree all the time, but one thing we do agree on is raising our daughters. Um, so I did want to put that out there that he's not a deadbeat. Uh, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Um, but what were you saying? What was the question? So how do you balance? Because yeah. oh, even though y'all co-parent, okay. well, he's not here, right? He's not here. Right. He's in a uh, right path. All right. So how do you balance? How do you? What, what do you deem was important? What do you got? What do you have to sacrifice as a single parent in the military? So first things first, you have to have an amazing support system. Because you cannot, you cannot do it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that I had to realize when I got here. Because coming from Dover, I had an amazing support system. A support system that I didn't even have to ask for. But coming here not knowing anybody, I had to basically start that from scratch. Mm-hmm. So that was really rough. And for me, um, I was going through a lot at that time that I PCSed here. So that made it even worse for me to try to reach out to, to people to help me. Um, so I kind of had to start, you know, I always started a CDC and a youth center, finding somebody that already knows my kids to kind of watch them. So first things first, you just got to build up that support system. Um, the second thing is you can't make excuses. That's one of, um, my biggest things that I try not to do, even being a single mom, like everybody knows that I raised my, you know, I'm raising my kids by myself. But one thing is I try not to make excuses on why I can't do things. I mean, we're all in the military. We know it's a very demanding, um, job, especially the job that I work right now. Um, but I do, I mean, I work steady, steady hours, but, um, it's rough because you, you work in nine to five, eight to five. Then you come home tired, mentally exhausted. Then you got a whole nother job trying to get the kids in bed, um, trying to do school, trying to help them with their homework, trying to cook, clean. Um, I'm going to tell you now, some days my house look a mess, but it's some of the sacrifices that you have to make if you, you know, you want to do. Then when it was all studying for a promotion, going through all that, I would tell you a lot of things that I did. Um, I was struggling trying to maintain it like I went through, I was pregnant trying to study to uh, make promotion and, wow. and do everything that I need to do. Um, I went through that. Um, I went through, I studied for master grieving my mom. Like there would be days where I was sitting up there looking at that PDG crying through tears. Um, but it's just things that you have to understand that you have to overcome if you want to be successful. So for me, I know the goals that I have in line and I know my vision and where I want to go. So sometimes it's, it's giving up those things that um, are important to me for, you know, my kids having that balance. So that's one thing I really struggled with 
growing up. I didn't have balance. I would stay late knowing that I have kids at home. Mm-hmm. So it took for my mom to pass for me to realize, hey, my kids are, you know, they're number one to me. And um, my priorities are not aligned with how I'm acting, you know. So now you'll see I'm always with my kids. Like I might work Monday through Friday. You know, they go to gymnastics. They, they do all these extracurricular activities. But on the weekends, I try to use my weekends for my kids. Um, spending time with them because that this is just it's just precious. I talked a so, lot. No, no, that's good. I said. No, so no, no, that's I, good. I do have a follow up with, with the co-parenting thing. I do have a follow up because you say you and your your um, ex has a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Y'all still do things together. Not to get all in your personal life, but how does that affect your dating? Does the person that that you or if, you, if you're seeing somebody, I'm not sure if you're single or not. But if the per- <laughs> has that ever affected your dating life, being, having that strong co-parent relationship with your ex? Always. Um, How do you handle that? With my la- so with my last relationship, I, I I just put I put it out there. That's something I put out there. Hey, me and my my children's father have an amazing relationship. We co-parent. Actually, when he comes. He stays at the house. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I can I, see. I can yeah. see, yeah. But I'm going to tell you, like, everybody, yeah. people that really know me, they mm-hmm. know me and my, like, it's, it's about the kids. It's mm-hmm. not about us. It's, it's strictly about the kids. Um, So with my last relationship, like, he would kind of, he ain't really like that. But it was it was more he wasn't trying to be vocal about it. He was just like, he kept, like, he would call so it, it just it didn't work. <laughs> it just it didn't work out. It didn't work out uh, with the guy that I'm with now. Um, he's actually a little bit more understanding. But I think me and my ex, it's easier. I think it's easier when we're both seeing people, because I think he's seeing somebody. So the last time he came here for the father daughter dance, he I was asking him if he needed anything. He said, "I don't need nothing. You can go and come back on Sunday." And that's what I did. like. I went my way, and he stayed at the house. I wasn't there with the kids. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it struggles, but you just have to find somebody that understands, like, I don't want that man. He don't want me. We just want to raise our kids. You know, that's mm. important to me. Mm, that's good. I that- know a lot of people, a lot of people that know, they look at our relationship really weird because um, we, we take family pictures and stuff. And a lot of people ask, like, that doesn't, does that confuse your kids? And I'm like, no, it doesn't because my kids know I have a boyfriend. They know right. that, you know, he does what he do. He's not here. We just, we're just weird. So but that I was a big that was a big Facebook debate. Family, About what? family photos with uh when the parents are not together. Mm-hmm. That was a big that was a big Facebook debate as if that's healthy or not. So and I would say, first of all, if you know what the end goal is. Mm-hmm. It's all about balance. Mm-hmm. It's all about balance. So you're not faking the funk, right? right? right. But right. at the same time, you want your kids to know it took two mm-hmm. to make you. Right. So you need to see this. And not just that. It was a time when you used to like it. Yeah. You get what I mean? <laughs> right. So your kids, is they're, they're the product of your either your love or just your moment of enjoyment, mm-hmm. whatever that is. But for individuals to look at that and say, well, why are you doing that? I think if you put it out there in the public, people are going to have their own right. you know, assumptions. Right. But as long as you you're in, and the individual that you're co-parenting with and the ch- children know what's going on, that's all that really mm-hmm. should matter ultimately. And I'll tell you what happened with the picture thing. We weren't even doing that at first. But what happened was Zalea had to take a family picture to school. And the only family picture I had, you know, she, I gave her the one of just me and the girls, me, her, and her, her sister. And she said, Mommy, Daddy's not in this picture. So the last one that I had when was Libby was first born. That was the last time me and him took family pictures. 
So I called him and I was like, hey, uh, the next time you come down here, we need to take family pictures. Um, and I told him why. And he was like, okay, cool. So it, it really, it's really about the kids. Yeah, it's I not agree. about us. I absolutely agree with that. I think that it's important for kids to know that they were conceived out of love or, you know, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't that them two people cared about each other. Mm-hmm. And for a kid to be able to see both their parents inside of a photo, mm-hmm. at the very least, if y'all don't even give a damn about each other, they can at least look at the photo and be like, that's my mom and my dad. Yeah, Because it happens every day. But People takes- taking pictures, they don't care about mm-hmm. it. Like, look, all right, right after this, you go where you got to go because you get on my nerves. Right. Now, But at this time, we're going to take this picture together because it's the memory that we want to give right. them. And right. it takes growth. You can't be bitter because if we, I, I really believe like if mm-hmm. me and him still like had feelings and stuff for each other, we wouldn't be able to do that. But we both just living our lives about our kids. Wow, wow. It wasn't always like this. Now I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it wasn't always like this. So back back to the single motherhood because not everybody is going to have um, a good support system like you, or you know a great co-parenting situation. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have a real hard time. Because I know my mom, when my mom first got divorced, she, she had a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know anybody, living in a trailer, and, and didn't and didn't even barely know English. You know what I mean? A single mother of two American black kids in this trailer park, right? Um, what, what what advice would you give them people that are struggling and think, man, there is no hope? I mean, she, she, she got it easy. You know what I mean? She's already got the support system in play, yeah. but I don't have that. You know what I mean? What, what avenues do I have? What can I do? to get, get help for myself? Man, I, so um, I kind of drive off. I would say, look at your kids, let, let your kids be your motivation. Let them be, let them, you want more for them. So try not to, I wish I knew any programs and support stuff that's out in the communities that where they, you know, tend. but I think support groups are everything looking out. So I know when I first got here, um, my daughter had another mother that was a single mom too. Me and her mm. used to swap. Like, we kind of, we didn't, like, really hang out or anything. I mean, we started to once we kind of got to know each other. But we found somebody in our same situation yeah. and just kind of swapped with each other. So she would watch my kids one weekend. If she wanted to go somewhere, I would watch, watch hers just to run errands. So that's something. Um, not being afraid to speak up and say, hey, I need help. Because that's something that I really struggled with at first. Oh, pride. So, yeah, yeah not being too prideful to say, hey, I, I, I need some help. Um, knowing that you're not alone. It's a lot of us out there. Whether mm-hmm. we in better situations or not, um, we all, you know, it's, I mean, being a single mom is not, it's not nothing, nothing new to right. society, to no, be honest. Of course. So with that being said, how long do you think is a good time to introduce your kids to whoever it is that you're dating? Based off of you, I mean, because people are different, right? But what do... How long did you wait, or do you give that a time frame? Is it like 60 days, 90 days, or whatever the case is, or do you want to just straight, you know, I have this feeling this person is going to be here for a minute, so let me indoctrinate him with, around the kids. What is the time frame, if, it is, if, if there is one? It's more of a feeling. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta kind of um, – people crazy these days. Very crazy. <laughs> Very crazy. Yeah. So I think it's really – you got to really get to know a person. Um, so keep in mind, I haven't really, um, when I got divorced, I didn't really start dating until I got here. Um, so, and I've been divorced for three years. So I didn't, um, my kids, I, my oldest, like she knows, like even when I'm talking on the phone, I have male friends. Mm-hmm. So when she sees me talking on the phone, she says, mommy, who's that? I said, it's my male friend. So she kind of knows like <laughs> mommy has male friends and she also, you know, mm-hmm. may have a boyfriend. So having that conversation, being transparent with my child, mm-hmm. 
um, and kind of explaining to her, like, there's a difference. Um, that kind of helped. But um, I'm not one of those people. I start talking to somebody and like, oh, hey, this is my, these are my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so with my last boyfriend, we were at long distance. So when he would come into town, I would try to find a sitter for that weekend um, before, you know, before he, he met the kids. But it just so happened one time one of my sitters fell through. So I had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, I mean, we did something kid friendly. But the reason why I don't, I don't necessarily think introducing your children to the person that you're dating is a bad thing. Because I need to see how you're going to interact with my child. Mm-hmm. I need to see uh, if, how my children interact with you. Um, I kind of, I need to see that, see if there's a connection there with my kids at the end of the day. I'm not dating just to be dating somebody. I'm dating because, you know, I'm trying to get married. I want to be married again. I want to have another child. So, you know, with that in mind, you kind of want to be, I think you should be aware of that kind of stuff and want to, kinda, I ain't saying like the very, very first day you need to say, I have to, you know, mm-hmm. you need to meet my kids, but I think there needs to be kind of an understanding that, you know, you should meet the kids. So whether that's three months, six months, a year, um, I think a year is too long. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if you're a single mom, dudes should know you got kids. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's one thing that really bothered me when date with dating. Dudes did not understand, like, oh, what what you doing tonight? You can't, you can't do that. I have kids. Like, I have a, I have a family. So they didn't understand, like, I can't just, you know, get up and go. Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't ever want to make plans out you know, like a week or so later. Mm. So that, that comes with that too. So I'm not saying it, it, it should be a time frame, but I think when it's time, it should happen just for those reasons. My kids call me out on that, man. What do you mean? So, you know, you met my daughters. My daughter's right. a little bit older. They've met two of my previous girlfriends in the past. And after my last one, they was like, you, you need you need to stop. You know what I mean. What do you mean? Yeah, what do you like, mean? What you need to stop? Like, you know, my, oh, it's too I, we, many people. They, they said. They said. Yeah, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So it's like they. And then I had to think about it, man. I'm I'm introducing it now. These people I lived with, so it mm-hmm. wasn't like uh, um, they were like part time or nothing mm-hmm. like that. But swiping left. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I'm the master at that. <laughs> right. But uh, but my, my daughters hit me with, you know, we don't want we don't want to be daughters of the player. You know right. what I mean? And we, I'm glad you said that. And, and so that's what I was going to hit right. on, like. I think it's different for single moms and mm-hmm. single men, mm-hmm. right? Because me being single, if I have my daughter, I have to be particular of how she sees me. What you showing her. There you go. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. I, so I'm so I'm thinking about. I was like, man, the the next person that I introduce my daughters to is is got to be a sure thing, and it's it's hard to tell with. Like you said, it's a it feeling is. thing. Yeah. Because the last thing I want to do is introduce my daughters to somebody else and it don't work out again. And then they like them. Yeah. And yeah. they start falling for them. Yeah, because yeah. I, I pick good quality women. You know what Apparently. Mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the time, for the time, man, you know what I mean? I pick good quality, you know what I mean? So they like them all bad, but it don't work out. And now they lose that attachment to that person. And my daughter's like, you need, you need to not date. And they 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 was advising me like we think you got attachment issues. Wow, wow. Wait, your kids? What y'all I was like, damn. Your kids? Yeah. You know why? Because their moms is you know she deal with crazy <laughs> I, people I, I, and I she mean, deal with I, you. I, I like y'all need to stop watching YouTube. No, man. hey, hey, well, listen, <laughs> look. So we got a, a question from Sierra. She says, "What does one do when one parent is trying to facilitate a good parenting relationship and the other is not looking at that as beneficial as this as beneficial for the child?" Right. So I guess mm-hmm. to to uh, bring that down to uh, plain English, what do you do when the other person isn't on your page when you're saying, hey, obviously we can't work, but let's work for the child. Have you dealt? Well, obviously not, but it took time, though. So what happened? So 
y'all know I'm a very life. So I think for one thing with me, what kind of made my ex kind of get on board is he he. I don't want to talk bad about him, but no. he did some stuff that just was really grimy at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to continue to be a good person no matter how he treated me. Mm-hmm. And I used to have a friend that kind of went through a similar situation where she was trying to, you know, keep exert Like she tried to kind of do my approach, but it wasn't working for her because the um, her ex-husband wasn't really trying to be on that kind of co-parenting thing. I, when it's time for me to pick up my son, I'm going to pick up my son. I ain't got to talk to you type right. of thing. So with that, I would say for them, it's just a you ha- kind of have to accept that that person just not ready, you know, because I think it's a it's a maturity factor. Like some some men look at it as they had kids with you, and as long as they taking care of their child, they don't have to deal with you. So so is there a time where first sh- shout out to Sierra? That's yeah. one, one of my people shout right out. there. And then there's still some people that feel like, well, I don't care who you messing with because that's my daughter. Right. I got priority. Oh, and I can hit it if I want to still. So you yeah, get what I mean? And, oh, and now, I said it, yeah. but it's people that think yeah. that way. Once you have a baby with that person, that, you always got an end. That's mm-hmm. it. And I don't care whoever you're dealing with, they need to know. If not, now my ego is going to come out, mm-hmm. you know, and show that now. What do you think about that? Because that's a problem. Right. right? Yeah. It is. It's a straight up problem. But that's on both parties, mm-hmm. cause you try, cause you're you're saying they both think so. The guy think that just because they had a kid together, they still in there and can't. Right, but but the mm-hmm. but the woman is more like, hey, we're just gonna communicate and for our child, and we're just gonna keep it pushing, you know. But having an individual like that that feel like they are entitled, mm-hmm. so it's an entitlement piece, mm-hmm. right? What do you think about that? Man, you hit me with some hard questions. Hey, that's today. what I do, baby. <laughs> right. What you thought we was going to come up here and talk about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, you got me stuck. How you feel about it for real? You know what I mean? Man, I think, you know what? It's, I think a lot of times you got to take feelings out of it. Mm-hmm. Because I think with those kind of situations, it's feelings involved and like you saying, ego. Yes. Like some folks don't, they think, oh, that, that's still my baby mama. I'm still, like you were saying, mm-hmm. that's still my baby mama. I'm still going to hit that. I don't care mm-hmm. what you think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think going into that with dating somebody, that's the same. Most, that's what most dudes thinking. Oh, she's still messing with her baby daddy because mm-hmm. they like that. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but you can't, I don't, see, I don't have that issue. So, see, that's mm-hmm. why it's hard for me to answer that question. Yeah. So, yeah, no. but so and, and I guess I threw that out there just playing devil's advocate. But also, what would you uh, tell an individual or a younger airman or someone that, you know, that's just recently got out of relationship, but their other individual that they were in a relationship with isn't quite there? How would you help facilitate that for them? So I would tell them it takes it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes everything is about. um I had to, sometimes you have to isolate yourself in order to get back on track with some of the things that you're dealing with. So if you're ever in that situation, um, you're about to go through a whole, like, especially after getting divorced, that's a whole new mentally, like, that's something mental that you're about to go through. You're about to go through a, 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 uh, I can't think of my words. Yeah, yeah a transition. Whole, it's a whole change. Mm-hmm. It's a whole transition. So for me, you kind of, um, when I went through that, I was, um, I was, uh, what's the word I'm searching for? I, uh, I went in your head once. I don't know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, uh, I took, what, what am I trying to say? 
I I overestimated the situation. I thought I was just gonna bounce back and be good. Mm. So you have to tell people that just get out of situations like that. You they got to give themselves time to kind of go through mm-hmm. the process and to learn um, themselves yeah. now. Because sometimes you forget who you were mm-hmm. prior to. Yeah. Right. So you give lose yourself. yourself. Time. You lose I, yourself. Yeah, you lose so you got to give yourself you gotta, time to know who you are again. Yeah. Not, not you got to find not out. Learn who yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to also learn the person that you was you was just with because they're going through a transition. So everything that you mm-hmm. thought you knew about them. Mm-hmm. That's about to change too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people don't understand that either. Like, no, I know he won't do that. He won't do that. They true colors you come damn out. Damn right, he yeah. will. You know true what I'm saying? Because he's still on. He's when, especially in the beginning, they feel like I still. That's still me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we got Miss Mish. She says, define personal boundaries. Treat it like business with the best with the best interest of the child in mind. So personal boundaries. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so actually, this is so th- me and my me and my ex have this. So when we talk on the phone, so me and my ex talk. Every, we talk just about every day. It's always about the kids. Now I would tell you, I, I'm one of those people. I get nosy and I start like asking questions. Not because you, I, I'm yes, just, you do. I'm nosy. I'm no, just no, no, I'm naturally, no, no, I'm naturally no, nosy. Well, so it. you know, you I want to know. Don't you, you see that yeah. contradiction? Yeah. Yeah. Girl, no, no, get out no, of no. here. Not necessarily like here. about what he's mm-hmm. doing or who he's doing it with, mm-hmm. but I'm just naturally like, how you, how was your day? How did everything go? You know, and he'd be like, um, back to the, you know, he redirects me a lot no. just because I just be trying to have a conversation mm-hmm. but we you know we talk about the kids so that's that's one personal boundary um another personal boundary like if I'm so we still let each like if I'm going out of town I'll let him know that I'm going out of town and who's watching my kids that's good um so that's something else um uh, we don't talk about who we're dating or who we're with if he asks who I'm, it, well, he don't never ask. I'll tell him that I'm dating somebody and it is, well, are they around my kids? Mm-hmm. And then that's a conversation that we have. Um, but as far as like in the weeds, is this serious and stuff like that? Like we try to tend away from those questions. So anything having to do with like our relationships and stuff, mm-hmm. we don't, right. we don't typically talk about those so, are like our band. So is it a personal boundary oh. thing? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go oh, ahead. Is it a, one second, is it a, you never got a caller? Yeah, I got a no, caller. Go ahead. Yeah. Let the caller go Okay. In. Hey, caller. So who is it? We got Miss Angela. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Y'all wait and get juicy after I leave, huh? <laughs> Look, I sure could have used you, sis. Yeah, but mm-hmm. go ahead. What you got? So that's big when uh, that mother-father um, bond is there, especially if you guys were married before. Like, it's so easy to do what's familiar. Mm-hmm. So that's why most people go back and they still deal with one another. Um, I came front after my divorce. Uh, we were still um, dealing with each other uh, back and forth until it was like, okay, you're not changing. It's confusing my daughter, well, our daughter. So we have to figure out what we're going to do. Like, are we going to do this or are we not? If it's not, then we can't be physical anymore. Mm. Mm. See, that's good. And look, and you got the babies, babies in the, in the back. Well, put them to Show sleep. complete, baby. Yeah, <laughs> put them kids oh, yeah, to sleep. The, the little one is following me around. Yeah, going to give them some tussing. Call? It'll be all right. Put them to sleep. Hey, but thanks for calling, though. All right, thanks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, back to that. I mean, how important is that to uh, make that, that change? Not just the change, but to be able to have a working relationship. I mean, like I said, it was hard at first because mm-hmm. just my personality based off his personality, he very, like everybody that know Melvin know he just like, 
Like he he just cut it off. Like he like he don't have to deal with me if he don't want to deal with me. Mm-hmm. Is like my my kids have cell phones, so if he wanted to talk to them, he could easily call them on their cell phones and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So we don't really have to have the relationship that we have because there are like there like I said, there are other avenues. There's phones. They have iPads where he can FaceTime this like and stuff like that. But I think it's important for my children to see that their Y'all mom cordial. and dad is cordial. Mm-hmm. Like even like for Disney, my kids are talking about going to Disney. They want to go to Disney. And I say, oh, well, I can take you. No, nah, we want you and daddy to take you. Now, that's see. a whole nother, that's a whole mm-hmm. nother conversation that will need to be had since that's like a big thing. But it's not like we haven't done family vacations together. Mm-hmm. Um but it's like I said, it's it's those conversations and stuff. But um, like I said, he ain't got to deal with me if he don't want to deal with me. It's just for me, I didn't have a dad growing up. Mm-hmm. I had um, there with my my bro- my younger brother. Dad was in my in our life for like a little bit, but I didn't have my dad. I understand? So to see my kids interact with their dad the way they do, like that tears me up because I love it. Like I didn't have that. So for me, it's important for um, my child to experience my children to experience the love that their father gives them, like I said, because I just didn't have that, and that's something that I wish I had. So when I see them together, it, it's beautiful to me. Right. So it, it, whatever, and it's been times I've had to sacrifice how I felt um, in situations just so that they could be happy. Can you dig it? You they need to know that. <laughs> no, because that makes sense. Sometimes you have to say You can't think yeah. about yourself. Yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of people out there that look at their kids as oh this is my paycheck or they 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 use it as i don't want to say a lot there's some people out there that's if they're not paying that child support you can't see this kid mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that's so right. to hear another avenue where somebody just loves to see that their child is interacting with their father i think more people need to hear yeah. that you know and we do need to address that kind of behavior is when um they use their kids as a pawn, like, you know, I need you to do this. You need to act like this or you can't see this. Or wedge. And I ain't going to yeah. lie. Yes. I did that before. Oh, because, okay. But it was, I was mad. Speak on that. Yeah. yeah. It I was what happened? So I, th- I was mad and I was angry. Okay. Um, you, Things weren't going my way and I was mad because he went, he wasn't doing what I wanted him to do. Control. So I was like, yeah, it was mm-hmm. a control thing. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you, I, I, I was like that. I did. I wasn't like that for long. But no I, doubt. So, I, 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 so I I'm, like I'm, I'm glad that you're honest about that and that, and that you're speaking about it now. So you do you do recognize what that that did for your kids? And, mm-hmm. and I, t- I said I said yeah, don't worry about talking to them. Like uh-huh. and this was in our early stages when we was like really like going at it. Right. I was like, oh, y'all want to do this? Don't worry about seeing your kids. But it was it was more so me not speak. It it was more so me being angry. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. angry. I wouldn't say bitter, but maybe bitter. bitter. But I was yeah, oh, maybe, maybe just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, <laughs> just a tank. Just a deep. I'm gonna say yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was angry. And, you know, you feel like, uh, you know, a good dad wants to see their kids. Mm-hmm. So I know that if I can't hurt you with my words and the things that I'm doing and the mm-hmm. way that I'm moving, I'm going to hurt you with, well, by not letting you see your kids and not letting you talk to your kids. Mm-hmm. And I think, sadly, women do that today. Um, I've heard some stories, and it's it's tragic. I tell my baby daddy he better be thankful every day. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, some are not as are not as nice they you, you know, know what he, he's lucky he is lucky i think and y'all are both yeah. lucky yeah actually. i think so yeah, yeah. The dynamic y'all got going on right but but i mean because i've been in a situation where my son me and my son mother we don't see eye to eye and it creates a unnecessary tension between me and my son because he stays with her mm-hmm. and i don't know what he 
hears from her and how she uh, communicates the type of man that I am. Mm -hmm. And then when it gets down to the point when me and him is uh, are talking, it's not about, hey, dad, this is what I would like to learn from you is, hey, dad, can you get this for me? Right. right. And it's like, damn, what the hell? Like, what the fuck? You know, like, what is she telling you? <laughs> no, seriously, like, what is she telling you? Because if you understand the type of man that I am, mm -hmm. And if she understood the type of man that I am, she'd know that I'm much more than just some uh, money. Of some money. Mm -hmm. And so I can tell him that until he's blue in the face. But when the phone hang up, he's back into that thought process. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? And that, that sucks, yeah, man. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. Especially when you got someone out there that looks just like you. And you see yourself at that age. I remember where I was because I, my father was not there in my life, right? So here's a chance to be better, but to have that connection early on. So now we're cultivating a better relationship. Right. And now I, because I can see little things in him, like, you know what? Look at me. Yep, <laughs> there it is. You, right? Yeah, so, right. So let me help and get that. But I need the help from her right. to be able to communicate to it in her way as well. Mm. Yeah. Boy, yeah, that hit a nerve. And I'm going to yeah, tell you man. something. That, <laughs> that did. That did. Something just based off how I was raised. Another reason why I don't really complain. I watched my mama raise eight of us Woo. by herself. Damn. Guaranteed it was like maybe uh, I, my, you, my, my youngest. youngest? I'm the six youngest. Six oh. youngest. Yeah. Wow. So it's two girls. I'll be trying to wonder why you're so small all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We yeah. all small. No, no, no. Y'all had to fight for food. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Nope. That's my nope. Yeah. Nah. So just seeing my mom, like she worked, she worked all day and just to come home and feed us. Like, you know, sometimes, the, mm -hmm. you know, we ain't had lights. We had to boil water and stuff like that. But just seeing how hard she worked for eight of us. When I come home and I be complaining about just having two, I, I remember like what she went through and it kind of made me want to go harder just right, because good. I watched her struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like I just want to, you know, if my mama could do it with eight, I can do it with yeah. two. Right, right. Hey, so again, guys, if you guys want to call and either chime in or ask questions, the number is below 618-792-6747. But what you got, brother? So, um, Going back to the earlier question that I um, asked you about, so there are resources out there. We don't know them right off bat. I think uh, I looked on Facebook and I found something for single mothers that is out there that doesn't have the proper support system. You think that's something that's everywhere, or how do how do you think they could just Google? Uh, support systems for single mothers, and they probably had those kind of outreach programs out there, right? I would hope so. I actually really need to look into that myself. Um, I, I wish do. we had more things on base like that. Um, I know some bases I've seen where they have support groups and things like that for single mothers and stuff like that. But that's another reason why I don't mind babysitting. Um, like, I'll offer to babysit yeah. single mom's kids a lot just because I know how it feels. Um, so I always be one to say, Hey, do you want me to just watch it? I can watch your child for you because I know like we need breaks too. Mm. You know what? Since you said something and since I'm crazy like that, I'll challenge you to be the catalyst. Oh Lord. See? Yeah, hey, <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? Because the thing yeah. is not only is it working mm -hmm. and for you, but now you can smartly talk about it and communicate with individuals that don't know right. and then can create an environment. You can create your own uh, meetup, if you will, but because if there's nothing on base that's having it, Fill the hole. Yeah. What you think about it? You're right. Wait, You're wait, right. wait. Can you do? Wait, ladies and gentlemen, watch this. I'm Look, about to make I, sure say, I get I it on it. it. <laughs> no, I ain't gonna say if I can dig because you know I can dig it. I ain't got to ask because I know you can. But is that something that you like? If we can help you with that, 
do you think that's something that you would be interested in? And Most definitely. connecting with Most other definitely. women on base. You get what I mean? You know one of my C's for top three is connected. Yeah, is a connected. That's right. Oh, but listen, <laughs> now this is going to be outside of just no, this, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, I'm serious. This right. is something, I, like I said, I'm passionate about. Like I said, I meet most of the the, the airmen that I mentor, they are single moms, and mm-hmm. I tell them all the time, like, um, you got to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot, like, we're very involved, and we love our kids, but I know that sometimes we get so... Um, and so it, and, yeah, yeah. With, mm-hmm. like we we forget that we have lives and that we're people too. That's right. So if we can definitely get a, a group together so, um, and make this happen, like I, I'm down. Sound like sure. the way he thinks. You see that? Don't you know it? it's, it's about time to hey, do hey, it. Let's not talk about what's not there. Hey, and listen, that's what we do at, yeah. here at the Lions Den. I want everybody to know. And not only do we want to congratulate you guys for listening, but we also su- uh, appreciate the support with even mm-hmm. getting the apparel. But we challenge. Right. If this is about leadership, growth, development and action, here's the action piece, because just like when we were talking about as far as emotional intelligence, once you know, then what do you do? You get what I mean? Mm -hmm. So other than that, if you just talking and you don't do anything after that, you're just talking shit in my mind. So now let's put that, you know, those words into actions and let's get busy because you never know who you're going to help. Right. You never know who you're going to help. I'll be the sergeant in arms. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. All right. Hey, I see you, Miss T. Mill. She says she'll help. So you see that, yeah. right? Ah. We're building a team right now, everybody. Yeah, it's happening. This is real time. This is real time. But, hey, you got anything else to add before I we wrap appreci- it up? I appreciate your time coming in. Hey, hey look, you the guy at the end. You know what I'm saying? Was you nervous? I was. Shut up. I no, you weren't. No, you weren't. No, it was good. It was good. But, hey, everybody, I want to thank you all for watching another episode of The Lion's Den. But before we go again, I did speak a little bit on the apparel for the T-shirts, the Lion's Den with Seth shirts. We appreciate it. And not only is it helping to make this show better, but we're going to use the funds to connect with other individuals out in the community and the Relay for Life. Relay for Life. Relay for Life. And so we have a team together. It's the Lions Den team. So everything that you do is is giving back to the community. But I do want to give a special shout out on live to my grandmama, big mm-hmm. grandma. Hey, with grandma, I appreciate it because what she did, she has been the biggest... The biggest support system, not just in my life, y'all, but in general, from the book to the the podcast and to everything else, she purchased a lot of shirts and to make sure that we are able to execute. So I appreciate everybody that have, that that's given. And did you get a shirt yet? I didn't. Too late. We got you one. Oh, All right. Just thank you for being a guest on the show because uh, we did have it open for everybody else that was going to call, but y'all didn't. So we gave it away. Ha. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. But again, though, so this concludes another episode of The Lion's Den. And we will see you guys next week. By the way, if you haven't received or got your ticket for the party with the purpose for the with the cues we're going to be there live next week so make sure y'all tune in if y'all don't know how they get down they get down but we're going to interview them talk about the scholarships the money that they're giving back to the community you getting your ticket yes you see how i put you on the spot oh, yeah I know, I saw yeah, that. yeah yeah <laughs> but anyway we're going to see y'all soon we appreciate y'all for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your weekend We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com. A manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.